Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. So good. Hey, take a seat. Wonderful to be back at Thrive after having uh, an amazing Ashley six days away. We were over in Melbourne last week and we were attending Planet Shakers, as Deb's probably already said. And um, man, it's awesome to get yourself into a big environment, isn't it? And you realize actually when you're in a big environment, how, how much bigger God is. Like there's um, uh, Melbourne City is an amazing itself. And uh, at the conference, we had some incredible communicators, but not only the communication was amazing, but just, man, God was doing and amazing things in our presence. And he just, um, yeah, it was just incredible, an, an incredible environment to be there. And these guys that spoke, uh, uh, they have an amazing uh, influence in their cities in the world. There was a guy there, his name is Art Boshoff, and he's just got a small church of 60,000 people in South Africa. Uh, and, you know, he's just doing a few things well, and God's doing a few small things there. And, and there was another guy uh, there called John Hanna, and he's from Chicago, and he has a church of 20,000 people that he planted, I don't know, 15 years ago. And, you know, God's doing a few small things over there, and people are coming to the Lord. And then Planet Shakers itself uh, in Melbourne had just been planted 15 years, I think it is, and uh, they have a church of around 15,000 people. And, you know, God is doing big things. Their average, you know, every week um, over last year, their average uh, response to God for the first time was 250 people every week. It's incredible, isn't it? Just like God is doing amazing things. And I just, I just wonder if you would just dare to dream for our region. That you would just dare to dream big for our town. That you would dare to think, man, God has got a big heart for this community. A big heart that He wants to release through you, through your life, through who He's aligning you with, who He's calling you to be. And He is just so, so good. You know, I had this dream um, uh, about six years ago. It must have been six or seven years ago, and um, it was a really cool dream. In this dream, I was um, I was watching this party happen, and it was a party of this really well-known church. If I was to mention the name, everyone would be like, "Yeah, that's an amazing church," and and they are an incredible church. And I was watching them having this party, and there was cake, and there was excitement, and there was balloons, and all this cool stuff going on, and I and. And I was about, I don't know, what happened was, sorry, the, the, one of the pastors came over to me that I knew from, from this party, and they, and they said to me, hey, come and join our party. And um, I was just about to step out and go, this is amazing. And uh, then I just had, like, the voice of God in my dream. It's the only way I could reference it. And God said, hey, that's an amazing party. Like, that's a great party. It's awesome what's going on. But you're not called to be a part of that party. You know, that's not you. That's for them, and that's their expression, and that's amazing. But you're called uh, to, to this expression. And, you know, we're a part of the New Life Church uh, movement, and we're excited about what God is doing in New Life, and we're excited about what God's doing in the body of Christ. But do you know how God actually wants to align us and call us specifically into different um, calls in our own life personally, different church families, different environments? He knows every single 
little detail of our lives. And he is like, he's precision about where he wants you, what he wants you to do and who he wants you to be. And today I'm just going to be talking around the power of agreement and agreeing with what he's saying over our lives so that we can come into this alignment with his call and purposes. So um, I'm going to just read from Romans 8, from 3 to 9, from the Passions Translation. We've got it on the big screen. If you've got your Bibles, you can check it out there as well. Check this one out. It says, Yet God sent us His Son in human form to identify with human weakness. Isn't that amazing? So God was like, hey, I, wanna, I really want to identify with you. Clothed with humanity. God's Son gave His body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be filled through the Anointed One living His life in us. That's Christ, the Anointed One, living in us as we receive Him in our hearts. And we're free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves, but those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. And another version says the mindset governed by the Spirit finds life and peace. And peace, and I love that concept that we can come under the government of this mindset of Christ and of life and peace. And, and then it says, in fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh but by the Spirit. And if you're not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you're not of Him. So, man, it's pretty intense. Like, this is, this is in or out. And you know, God doesn't want us to live in harsh, half measures. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He doesn't want to ha- just be driven by the carnal nature of our lives. But He wants us to know what it is to live in the freedom of His Spirit. One of our kids, um, like, have really just struggled with going to school since they since they were five years old, and they have recently been just completely dreading the thought of going to high school. and And they've used like a lot of negative language about it. They've said how dumb they've felt, and and um, there's just been this complete lack of desire to go. And it's actually meant for like as parents for Deb and I, like some really distressing, tough mornings, getting them up and out and like with high emotion charged in the atmosphere. And it's really been, it's been really, really tough, long conversations, you know, of coaxing. I don't know if there's any parents out there and you're just trying to bring the best out of your children. And we've just been spending this time. And so Deb and I have been uh, agreeing with God that, you know, that God's got a great plan for them. You know, that, that they... Um, that there would be this breakthrough um, for them. And we've been specifically praying that their brain would absorb all the information that's just been put out there as well and, and that they would just have a great day at school. You know, just like we have been doing this, and I kid you not, just for years and years and, and years. And um, like specifically main school strub, uh, su- subjects have been a real uh, struggle. And, um, but we're just like, no, heaven on earth does not look like 
our child struggling and dreading going to school. We actually, we, we did the whole like, hey, should we do homeschool God or should we, uh, should we you know, send our kids to, to, to school? And we prayed about it and we just really felt like our kids belonged in school. So we're like, okay, God, well, you're saying that. Let's, let's agree that this is a place of freedom. And a great, it'll be a great environment. And and coming up to this summer, like they just struggled with reading, and they would only, you know, just wouldn't even get through the first chapter of a book. There was a whole lot of un, unfinished um, books or unstarted books, even. And and um, then we went over summer. We just went from seeing this child who barely read to a child who read about three chapter books a week. I kid you not. Just. Just like that, it was like something had clicked and something had shifted uh, around their life, and and specifically their mass. Like, let's talk about their mass. Their mass was a complete struggle. Like, I am like, wow, you know, this is amazing. The struggle that you're having here, and um, and then suddenly it just changed. It was almost within a couple of weeks, something changed, and they said it like this. Uh, this is their words. Poof, one Monday, it was like I suddenly knew lots of maths. <laughs> I was just like, what? And the teacher told them that they'd gone up a whole year in maths within a couple of months. It was just like an incredible breakthrough. And then I was talking with one of the teachers, and that they said that, you know, they said, well, like, what's happened to her? For one thing, I've, she, this, this teacher, she'd been teaching for 18 years at, um, at the school that her kids go to, and she had only seen something like this happen three times at the most. And so it was kind of in this context of extreme change and breakthrough and, and, and a shift. And I just think this is so awesome. You know, like, because God actually really cares about the details. I know we talk a lot about region being impacted and lives change and looking beyond ourselves, and that's all good. But God actually, this transformation into our community is actually going to happen in the detail of our lives. And so it's just so exciting to just be able to agree with what God's been saying all this time and then just see a, a shift, just a, a miraculous shift and breakthrough happen. And so I want to encourage you to be a church and to be a people that align and agree with faith and hope and what God is saying, no matter what things look like on the surface. Like God is speaking life and freedom. And if you don't have that in your life, then just keep believing. Just keep declaring his word over you. And um, he, I love this in Matthew 18, 19. It says, again, I say to you, this is Jesus, that if two of you agree on earth about anything, and that's in the context of God's promises, that they may ask, it shall be done for them. Uh, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. It shall be done. It shall be done. Done, And the issue isn't whether God's promising it or not. The issue is whether we're agreeing with his promises or not. That's the, that's the real issue. That's like, are you agreeing with what God is saying? Because he's saying some pretty awesome stuff. It's funny, at the moment, my car and I, we're actually having this disagreement at the moment. We're like, we're disagreeing about the direction we want to go. And I'm like, I want to go down West Belt. And at every intersection, it's like, well, I want to just turn left. I want to go down High Street. 
I want to just go, I want to go this way. And if I was to line up my car on the road and point it without it running uh, and, and where I want to go uh, and, and took my hands off the, the steering wheel and, and put my foot on the accelerator, you know, it'd be okay maybe over 10 meters. Like I'd be like, I'd be on the road-ish. But over, over 100 meters, I'd be in a ditch, in a power pole, off the road. There would be some kind of accident, I wouldn't have, you know, this car wants to go to the left. And this happened because this car hit a pothole. Uh, I wasn't driving it at the time, I just want to say someone else was. It hit a pothole at about 100 k's an hour. And, um, and, and it caused the wheels to come out of alignment. It caused this, uh, this, this impact uh, just shifted the balance of the wheels. And, the, you know, I could keep on wrestling this car. I mean, it's only a Swift, for goodness sake, so it's not much of a wrestle, but it's like, I've just been real. But, you know, wrestling this car, it's like a tractor. No, it's not. Um, but it wants to go one way. And I'm going to wear its tires out. I'm going to, like, it's, it's just not going to do well. But I can get the wheels balanced. I can get the wheels in alignment. Like, we're going to experience the freedom. And that's what God wants to do to our lives. He wants to bring us into balance, into alignment, as we agree with His Spirit. Because Romans 8, what did it say? It said, when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you're not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you're not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you're not of Him. But the mind governed by the Spirit is like life and peace. And I want to encourage you that there is a greater government for your life. There's an incredible God who, who's just saying, I'm, I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm with you. I want to, I want to take you out of this situation. And I love, the, I love Joshua. He, um, he was like one of, no, there was two of them, sorry. There was two of them out of, out of, out of two million people Around 2 billion people, there's a lot of like discussion because it was about 600,000 fighting men that came out of Egypt, okay? So that's sort of estimating how many people. But this nation came out of slavery uh, in Egypt. And so Joshua was only one of two people to enter into the promised land out of this entire nation that moved out. And everyone else died in the wilderness. And when everyone came out of Egypt, I can imagine they were like, yeah, I agree that we're going to come out of slavery. I agree that we're going to like, this is not cool. And I, wanna, and I agree that we're going to, the, the promised land is amazing. I want to I go to the promised land. But the problem was that when they set out, uh, not everyone agreed with the process that they would need to personally face to actually get into the promised land. And that's where they came unstuck. And I don't know if you remember this, but there was a large earthquake in Chile uh, a few years back, and the Canterbury Civil Defense actually, uh, you know, sounded the tsunami alarm, and they ordered people away from the beaches because of the, the, the fear of the tsunami. I actually don't know if they sounded the alarm. Sorry, that actually, I just had to claim it. But anyway, they, they, said, they, they said, everyone, get away from the beaches. So as all the locals and, and the people at the beach guys were like, they were driving away, surfers were actually running to the beach at this time. <laughs> like, this, is, this isn't a disaster. This is an opportunity for me to actually take a hold of these waves and surf something 
pretty amazing. And they, wanted, they weren't afraid to face up to the thing that some, a lot of people were actually really scared to face up to. And the, see, the generation before Joshua, they were too intimidated to face up to their giants. But the Joshua generation saw it as an opportunity to agree with God. And that opportunity for success would come from agreeing with what he said needed to be done. That was the difference. They said, I will agree with you, God, in the face of my, in the face of my intimidation, in the face of my insecurities, in the face of, this, of these giants, I will choose to agree with your word. And so I just want to investigate a couple of moments from, from Joshua as they moved into the promised land. And as you know, as they moved in, they faced the, the city of Jericho, but God had prepared them. And, and they were obedient and they agreed with what he was saying needed to be done. And, and God said this in Joshua 3 um, to God. And so Joshua said, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves. That is Hebrew. The Hebrew word is kordash. And that means to, uh, to, to be clean ceremonially or morally to purify or to sanctify. And at this time in history, consecrate meant that the people of God were commanded to bathe and change their clothes. <laughs> and in the significance of this command at that time, in ancient times when water was actually, it wasn't just on tap, it was like, you know, you'd have a drink and if you're lucky, you'd wash your hands. And, it, and so it was a luxury to have this really amazing personal hygiene that you would have a whole wash. And so this bathing and the changing of clothes actually symbolized a cleansing and making a new beginning with the Lord. That's what it symbolizes. And, and in the light of Jesus, to consecrate ourselves, it, it, it means to allow to Christ to actually come into our hearts and actually cleanse us from our flesh, from our past, from our from from our environment, from whatever has been imposed on our lives. Maybe it's our habits, maybe whatever it is that is actually bringing restriction in, but it's caused you to live from, just live out of your flesh. Live out of just your natural instincts. In, in, the, in light of Jesus, consecration means to be, I'll lay and surrender down and I'll allow him to wash me and actually to live in the light of freedom of, of Christ and the Holy Spirit. You know, the first agreement that Joshua agreed with that he would be led by the the Spirit and not His flesh, that He would actually lead others to be ones who would be led by his, the Spirit and not the flesh. And, and I, I was thinking in light of, of consecration, you know, they had to be cleansed and, and they had to put on new clothes and, and it was a fresh start. And, and, and I think to be able to do this, we just need to be real about what we need to change out of some of the time. We actually need to be real about what, is the, what are the issues in my life? What are actually bringing disagreement with what God is saying, who I am and where he wants me to go? And it's kind of like, let's just peel back the layers. <laughs> let's just peel back the layers and, and ask God to help us discover where freedom is at. Um, I remember at the, age of, it was at the age of eight or nine, I accidentally discovered pornography. And this really impacted my life. This just messed me up as a teenager. And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s, and I just, I just knew I, just, it was an issue. I knew it was an issue right through my teenage years, but I did not know how to get free of it. 
would just, you know. And I just really own that issue. I talked about this issue with other people. Do you think that was a scary thing to do? Heck yes, with the right people. And as I owned it, and as I confessed that out, it was like I took a layer off. And the Spirit of Christ just came around my life and He set me free. And it was like, he just he cleansed me and He set me free. Like it was, a, it was a real freedom. And perhaps that's happened for you. Perhaps you're here today and it's like, man, that's actually on my radar at the moment. Perhaps there's other things that, you know, you just, man, I just feel so caught up in this habit on my life. Maybe it's a, maybe you've just got a craving for sugar. <laughs> maybe maybe it's maybe it's an addiction though. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's nicotine. Maybe maybe it's pornography. Like that stuff, that's junk. And Jesus actually died on the cross so that you wouldn't actually have to live in it. Like so that you wouldn't have to be in bondage. Like that is that is bondage. And when Jesus died, he broke the power of that agreement over your life, and some of you just need to disagree with what's going on <laughs> as a first step. Like, you've got to change out of your clothes. Not, not, not now. You've got to change out. You've got to change out of what has been imposed on, on your life. And like, I, I know that without Christ, like, I, as a teenager, I just kept having, I knew it was wrong, but I just he- kept having this gravitational pull, no matter how high I wanted to jump out of it, but there's this gravity just kept pulling me back to the same old, same old. And, and, and God wants you to get free of that gravitational pull. Like, and you can do it. You can do it through the power of Christ. And there's other things that are around our lives that, that just kind of want to pull us down. And I know that, that labels and negative words, you know, that, that we just even talk to in our, in our own heads. You know, some of you guys are talking to yourself more rudely than the way that you talk to anyone else because of words that have been imposed upon you. And it's time to break that agreement. It's time to shift out of that because the devil is actually, he is trying to divide and he's trying to destroy you. He's trying to take you down. And one of the battlegrounds is your mind. Like that is the, that is the biggest battleground of your life is in your mind and the way that you think about yourself, the way, that, the way that you look at yourself in the mirror, the way that you judge yourself against others. Those agreements need to be broken so that you can be fully who you're created to be. Like no one else could be a better you than you, empowered by the Holy Ghost. Come on, that is who you're called to be. Christ wants to take you up and he wants to, you know, there's the law of gravity, but there's a greater law and that's the law of aerodynamics. And we get, we, we can, when Christ comes into our lives, we lift, he lifts us out. He lifts us up in this greater law. The second agreement that Joshua made is in Joshua 6. And there's other agreements, but these were just a couple that were highlighted to me. Joshua 6, verse 10. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. See, Joshua had journeyed through the wilderness with this nation that came out of slavery. And because they confessed that they were better off as slaves in Egypt, they were never actually able to 
enter into the promised land. And for six days, God had commanded this army that Joshua had to march around the city of Jericho in silence. It's interesting, eh? Do you know more often than not, our, our victory is outworked in the silent place? In the silence? See, they didn't let any negative confession disrupt their agreement about what God was calling them to do and had promised them. I mean, the guys, the men had been circumcised only days before. And let's be real about how painful that would have been. And also let's be real about how much men complain about pain. (laughs) (laughs) But as they marched around, you know, they weren't allowed to speak about how uncomfortable it was how hot it was, what a stupid plan this looked like that it was. I mean, let's be real, let's just march around the city and have a shout. It's amazing, eh? You know, often all the issues that arise that aren't really issues come to the surface when you step out to take ground. So we need to guard our confession. And I think that's what we can see in this, and that second agreement is let's make an agreement with God to guard our negative, like guard our confession, like stop the negative confession, because every step they took was a step in silent, and they walked around the city of Jericho having taken self-control, you know, over their mouths, having taken dominion over their confession. You know, God wants us to come into agreement with him this morning. And today, I don't know if if it's been like, man, I just realized I need to actually identify what I need to change out of. I need to actually change out of the way I've been talking about myself. I need to change out of the addiction or the habit. I need to recognize first that that is an issue in my life. I mean, are are you feeling free today? Did you have a week where you were free in Christ? I mean, we're always going to have challenges, but God has set us free so that we could be free indeed, and it comes with agreeing with what He is saying, who you are. Let's just stand to our feet right now. Just, just We just thank you, Holy Spirit, right now. Do you know one day when we meet, our, our Father in heaven, there'll kind of be, I think there'll kind of be a question that goes a little bit like, you know, like this, how did you do your life? Was it by the arm of your flesh or was it by the leading of my spirit? Was it by the leading of my spirit? Because he wants us to be led by the spirit of God, and I love that verse. Consecrate yourself today, because tomorrow God will do great things among you. Do you know God has got your tomorrows covered when we said we surrender our today to Him? He has got an incredible tomorrow for your life 
as you agree, as you agree with his heart, as you agree with his freedom, as you, maybe there's some people here today that just need to actually agree that Jesus loves you, that Jesus looks over your life and, and he, he doesn't despise you, he doesn't judge you, he loves you radically this morning. And he's calling you to agree with his incredible grace for your life. He's calling you in to agree with his incredible plans for your life. And he wants you to agree with his heart for you today. Maybe there's some people here today and you just recognize that you need to break some agreements that you've had. Some, like, it's incredible being in my 40s. I love being in my 40s. 40s, woohoo! But do you know when you head into this era, you start feeling a little older? You just do. We're no, not feeling it, but you almost come under this expectation that when you're that old, then, you know, you've kind of finished the youthful part of your life. I'm being real about myself. You can just own this. If it's yours, take it. If you don't want to take it, don't take it. I'm telling you about myself. This is it's a very hard moment for me to confess. But the devil wants to sell us a lie that we're too old or that we don't have the right education or that someone else could do something you know, better than what we could do or that you're irrelevant. Do you know those agreements need to be broken? Because God's always doing a new thing. The old is gone and the new has come. You know, He is always doing, He always has a new thing in your heart. You are just getting started. If you're living for eternity, I mean, come on. You're just getting started. So I just think there's some agreements that we need to break right now. Maybe just, maybe there's something of this message that's like touched something in your heart then just surrender that to God right now. Let me pray for you. Let's just just raise our hands to God. Lord, we just give you thanks today. We just give you thanks for the agreement that you love us. We just give you thanks, God, for the agreement that we're not alone, that you are for us, that, that we agree with you that we're not an accident. We agree with You that we're not in trouble. We agree with You that we're not under the law, but we're under grace. We agree with You, Holy Spirit, that who the Son sets free will be free indeed. And we disagree right now. We disagree with every negative word that has ever been spoken over our lives. We disagree and we break those words. We disagree with what has been imposed on us, That whether it's alcohol, whether it was pornography, whether it's nicotine, whether it's sugar, whatever it is, God. Right now, we just stand under the power and the authority of Jesus Christ and we break those agreements. We break off those agreements and we take off the old. We take off the old today and we receive the new. We received the new creation this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit.